You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Welcome back, everybody, to a B2B sales podcast like no other, a podcast where we aren't afraid to tell the harsh truths of sales life, like sales is really difficult and it's harder than ever, actually, and breaking through the noise is tough. So let's make it easier together with some of the best minds in sales and me, of course, I'll be here every week, giving you some ideas on what's working right now for them. Each week, a new sales myth, and together we'll debunk it or maybe even prove it to be true. The sales myth we're looking at this week is that reps should always be closing. Now, I've made my feelings pretty clear on this phrase. I don't think reps should always be closing. I think they need tea breaks, maybe even a tea and a biscuit, you know, if you're like me. So I changed the phrase to always be custard creaming. And it's something that I highly recommend to sellers, especially if you've got a contract out for signature. You know, your buyer's not signing it, the ghost in you, take the edge off, put the kettle on, always be custard creaming. My guest this week closes a lot of deals, which is why I've asked her on. Laura Erdem is a senior account executive at Dream Data. And over there, she's famous for two things, closing big deals and making big LinkedIn content. So before we decide together whether this week's topic is sales fact or fiction, I asked Laura about her personal brand and if it's helping her to close more deals. Are buyers influenced by her influence? Most of them I speak with always mention the LinkedIn presence. It's like, oh, I've seen you there and there. And even when you bring in a stakeholder who is like, I don't know, VP of something that will have to vet the solution, say, yeah, yeah, I've seen everything on LinkedIn from you, from your brand, what it is that you're posting, really nice stuff. Let's get going. It's like, okay, <laughs> this one is warm. Good to know. <laughs> so I love that. That puts a huge smile on my face because it's, for me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, building building a brand and, and making LinkedIn content. Um, but do you feel, and based on that story there, and I think I know your answer, but do you feel you're almost one step ahead of other sellers who aren't, for example, creating content? Yes, absolutely. And it's not just one step ahead in sales or anything, but one step ahead in having communication with your prospects while you're not actually talking with them one-on-one, but they kind of know you, especially if like you, Tom, you do videos. People will know whenever they jump on a call with you, they will know what it feels like to speak with Tom. I've heard him speak. I have seen him on various events, videos, and so on. It's like, I want to be on that call. (laughs) I think it's like giving people a flavor right, of what the sale might look like or what the conversation might look like. And completely agree with you. Yeah, you do feel like you're, you've are you got a bit of a head start. But what if someone's listening then who's going, okay, Laura, okay, Tom, so this sounds great, but how do I get involved? How do I start to kind of build a brand? And how do I get in front of potential buyers? What would your advice be to them? First, you have to start. And to fail a lot in order to be able to figure out if it's something that will stick with you. Could be it doesn't. 
for some people, it just doesn't stick. It's too much time spent, too much energy to put into creating content and so on. Could be, but you have to try it. And you have to try it for at least a quarter, like three months minimum, constantly posting to try to find your voice, not to reshare stuff that is totally boring. Everybody can do it. It's like, that's a push of a button. Don't do that. But creating your own content, being yourself, like not even being afraid to appear too stupid. I mean, everybody, even if you're selling to very serious CFOs or legal people or something, there are still people and they still like to have a feeling of dealing with another person as if it was a person. Oh, you're quirky? Yes, very nice. Me too, when I'm off job. So it's kind of, that's the easier way to do it. So just kick it off, try it out, be quirky. The only thing that can happen, you will learn something. I love that. I love that so much because the people that I speak to who are maybe unsure about it, they'll often say, well, what if it's not good? And what if nobody likes it? And I often respond with, it's not going to be very good and not a lot of people are going to like it. So let's just, let's just, um, you know, swallow that pill uh, straight, straight away. Um, now I wanted to ask you about this because one of the things that you once said on stage and I was on stage with you at the time and we were in front of uh, hundreds and hundreds of people and you said, and I wrote it down afterwards, nobody cares about your company. And the the room, a lot of people uh, laughed. I, th- I think they thought you were were joking, but but I knew that you you weren't. Do you want to tell us about that now famous moment? Because I think about it all the time when you yeah. said nobody cares about your company, and what did you mean by that? Yeah, and there's one more thing people don't care about: people don't care about your company, and people don't care about you. And that pill to swallow is heavy because you're thinking, oh, I'm putting myself out there. I am posting about me. I'm posting my face, my video and so on. People don't care about you. They will be scrolling further and forgetting you one second after they did that. Unless you're Tom Boston and you've got jokes, then they probably are going to listen a little bit longer. But otherwise, they don't care. What they care about is the value that you can bring into them. And that value could be like, oh, nice picture. Or that value could be, oh, this person is putting themselves out there. This is bold. But it could be that it is a product they're looking for. It could be a solution they're looking for, or even a tip that they, it's like, oh, I'm going to save it, probably never read it. But I will still remember that this person is constantly posting something that I care about. And repeating yourself and putting yourself out there while nobody cares will still bring you top of mind for those people. So they don't care about your company, about you. They care about themselves. This is people, (laughs) very standard. And that's how you get to be authentic you. But that's okay, right? That's okay to embrace that people uh, don't really care about you and they just care about themselves. If anything, I think it helps, as you talked about then, it helps you frame the way that you speak to people and you you start to think, okay, well, how can I make it about them? How can I brighten their day? How can I add value to them? All that kind of great stuff. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Cause I do, I do love that story. Now, of course, this episode is a chance to debunk a sales myth. And I want to present to you one of the classics. This is an all time uh, sales myth. And we're going to work out today if it's fact 
or if it's fiction. And it's the it's the phrase always be closing. What does what does that phrase mean to you? For me, when I hear the phrase always be closing is back in my earlier career at Gartner. And I used to sell to large enterprises and they have the most amazing training challenger sales for their salespeople. But one of the things that stuck with me that was late, later I was thinking, hmm, fact or fiction is still back to that one. It's like always be closing. And then we spoke more about that part is like always be closing doesn't have to mean that you have to like always close the deal, always do this. It's like it's more like always be qualifying is this in or out and like closing off the loop or closing off the questioning for the person to finding out is this going to be a deal into the pipeline, outside the pop pipeline? Where did this meeting bring me? But I've got an addition to that of my own after reading your content, Tom, as well. No, I'd love to I'd love to hear that because I, I always like kind of fresh takes on, on phrases. Um, we had Larry Long on last season who, you know, flipped the script and had always be helping, which which I liked as well. But do you want to share your your take? Of course. And First, when I was reading your content about always be custard creaming, I had to Google custard cream. I'm sorry for that. I've never tried it. So always be custard creaming is not mine. It's Tom's. And I'm going to try this out next time in London. But yes. now... <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, I'll make sure you get some custard creams, you know, biscuits. If anyone follows me, it's a huge part of my of my content strategy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. do make sure you try a custard cream. Yes, I will do that as well. But for me, it's always be curious. Because first, it starts with the conversation. Even the LinkedIn content, now I'm going to spread it out a little bit, this ABC, always be curious. The LinkedIn content that I do, and the reason why sometimes it stands out to something totally different, because I'm thinking, how are people engaging on LinkedIn? How am I engaging on LinkedIn? What might be fun to try out? And then I just try it out. One day you try one thing that falls flat. The other time you bike, you film, and then people are saying, oh, why don't you have a helmet on? This was not the video was about, but next time you'll remember that I bike. And it's like, okay, so I got your curiosity up as well. And that is the same for the sales calls or like meeting prospects at events. If you're curious about the other person, you will get the chance to be asked, what do you do at a point as well? So if you're curious, that will be flipped over to you as well. And both bring in the value will come and the conversation further, and you will have a chance to close this in or out of the pipeline as well, if it's a possibility. It's so great to hear you talk about that because I, I picked up on a couple of things there. The first being trying different things. Uh, and I think sellers, especially in, in 2023, right? Trying different things, seeing what works, seeing what sticks. Uh, that's huge because you can get stuck in your ways, right? But actually trying new things is a really good way to, to grow. Uh, the second thing about being curious and, and asking questions, I, I love that. Like being inquisitive and really genuinely trying to find out more information about a person, what makes them tick, what their goals are. Like that's what 
that's what sales is, right? That if you if you kind of break it down, it's just trying to find alignment. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that and that you've kind of switched it from this because a lot of people think always be closing. Well, I always have to be in sales mode. But what what do you think of of that? Do you think sellers should always be in that that mode? Definitely not. Like you have to know what parts of the deal like. Either you use band, I know Tom loves band, or anything else, any other strategy. What kind of questions you need to know in order to qualify this as a sales opportunity or not. And it does not have to be like, okay, do you have the budget? Do you have the authority? You'll figure that out throughout the conversation. And it doesn't have to be a natural interrogation of one-on-one because usually you would not be able to close the deal if you're just interrogating your prospects with your curious questions out of your book. <laughs> like, be actually curious and know where do you have to take the conversation further. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's caring, right? It's not yeah. questioning. It's caring what the answers might be to those questions and proving that you that you do. Exactly. Uh, thanks thanks so much for, for kind of sharing that. So I guess to wrap it up, we need to figure out if always be closing is sales facts or fiction. What what do you think? I think it's a fiction. Like you cannot close it every time. And it depends on how you like frame it like Gartner does always be like closing the conversation, the question. And like in that sense, it makes sense because you close something in or out into the pipeline, but, but otherwise always be closing. No, we're not closing. Like, I don't know, insurance deals every single day. So I think it's a myth. There we go. So we've debunked that one. Thank you so much for for talking us through that. Now, I want to wrap up the show the way that we unfortunately wrap up every show, which is by my cover version of a song that you bring in so what's the what's the pump up song that you've brought in and please do do share the reason why i am so excited to hear you sing tom this is like and i will see if that one gets us pumped up but so the story for this song is that it was my first sales job at red hat i was inside sales so sales support And it was the first time I was attending a sales kickoff in Barcelona. The whole Europe Red Hat team of sales is gathering together. We're like a thousand people and I'm first time in sales. The feeling in the room when the song was playing and our CEO was coming up on the stage was like enormous. And they have been playing that song over and over again through the event, creating the video out of it and so on. So every time I hear it now, it's like that lift up feeling that you get of every single sales kickoff that that drives me every time. I say, okay, this is fantastic. And I'm a big fan of the creator as well. So the song is Avicii, Wake Me Up. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to completely destroying your your favorite song by doing a <laughs> substandard version. But thank, thank you so much for, for joining me on No Nonsense Sales. Tom, I love this. Thank you so much for inviting. Feeling my way through the darkness. 
guided by a beating heart. I can't tell where the journey will end, oh no, but I know where to start. So wake me up when it's all over, when I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I, I didn't know I was lost. I didn't know, I didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't Avicii there on No Nonsense Sales. Wake me up when it's all over. I'm glad that's over, to be completely honest with you. If you'd like to hear that track sang in tune, head over to Spotify right now. Search No Nonsense Sales, Laura's track, and the other tracks of all other guests are ready and waiting for you to listen to. And I'll tell you what, while I've got your attention, before I let you go, make sure to subscribe right now to the No Nonsense Sales Podcast on Spotify or on your favourite podcast player so you can hear new episodes and together we can sort the sales facts from the sales fictions. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.